God. Come on, church. Let's just worship him today. Such a sweet spirit in this place today. We know that that is the presence of the Lord. I believe that God is pleased with our worship today. And so let's just honor him a little bit further today. Let's offer up the fruit of our lips. God, you are worthy. You are awesome. You're so good. You're so great. You're the reason why we live, Father. It's in you that we live and we move and we have our beings. We worship you today, Father. We live to worship you. Come on, lift up your hands. Open up your mouth. Share your heart with God for a few moments today. We honor your presence today. We brought you in here with us. We receive everything that we need at the foot of your altar. Glory to God. We come to your throne with boldness, knowing that we can obtain grace and favor and help right in our time of need. And you're such a gracious God that you've already met whatever it is that we're coming to you about. And so, Father, you are the source of our strength and you are the strength of our lives. We live our lives in total praise and surrender to you because you're worthy and you're deserving of that. And as we spend more time in your word today, Father, we know that you will confirm your word with signs and wonders following Not one person will walk out of here the same way that they came in. Father, we covenant to give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service. Holy Spirit, have your way. However you desire to flow or function in our midst today, be glorified in this place. God, we declare that you are good. This is the day that you have made, so we rejoice. We're glad in it. It's a good day. Something good is happening already. So, Father, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Would you just speak life into at least two people today? Compliment them. Tell them that they look good. I don't know. Whatever you're led to do, but build someone up today. Encourage someone today. You'll find yourself being encouraged when you take time to encourage others. Praise God. Man, I'm so excited today, I don't know what to do. I want to thank you all for pressing your way out, Hurricane Nate. We curse Hurricane Nate right at its root, right? It won't, it'll have to go around Atlanta. Anybody else agree with that? It'll have to go around us, but I appreciate you all pressing your way out this morning. You do have to take those things seriously in the South. You really do. And so we thank God that he's given us authority over those things. We take them seriously, but we take God more seriously. All right, praise God. We started on last week. If you're watching by uh, Facebook Live or Periscope, we want to welcome you today. Of course, you can follow along the Version Bible app. Go to the events section. Just look up Linked Up Church. All the notes are right there, and, and we're going to conclude the Grow in Faith portion of the series entitled Grow. Anyone happy today? Anyone glad to be alive today? Has God been good to anyone in this building? Well, I got good news for you. Your best is still yet to come. And if you'll stay right there, today could be one of those days. If you learn to live right, like, right there, you'll have more of those days than you do any other kind of days. All right, and so we're talking about growing in faith. 
I want to encourage you, if you haven't taken step two, today is our Linked Up Church membership. It's being offered at 1030 today, right after first service. So if you haven't taken that, certainly encourage you to do that. My wife and I, we'd be honored to serve as your pastors and allow you to, to partner with us in helping to build the kingdom that God has called us to build in metropolitan Atlanta. And so we know over the last several weeks, we've been in 2 Peter chapter 1. We know that growing in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ is the key. I mean, no, don't chase stuff, chase God, right? And that should be all of our number one, that should be our number one priority is to grow in God. If we grow in God, it takes care of everything else. So important because it involves the development of eight Christ-like graces according to 2 Peter chapter 1. They're all developed in conjunction with each other and they require our diligence. So it's not going to automatically happen. We have to put effort into this. We know that this will create a spiritual harmony and that spiritual harmony is best exemplified in the person of Jesus Christ. We observed five reasons why we should grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. One was that grace and peace would be multiplied to us. I don't know about you, but I can use more increase in my life in those two areas. All things pertaining to life and godliness are already provided. Folks, if you can understand, the reason why you don't have to chase stuff is because it's already been provided for you. Just chase God, and then that releases everything that he's already provided for you. Spiritual amnesia is avoided. You don't go back to who you used to be. You'll never stumble. There'll be no chance of you missing your eternal reward. We know that there'll be an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our God. And so we're looking at the eight graces one by one. Last week, we started out with the first one, which is faith. That is the foundation for all of our spiritual development. It's the, really the foundation upon which all other graces are to be added. By definition, we're going to look at seven different areas relating to faith. The first one, the definition of faith is a Greek word, pistis, and we know it's a firm persuasion, a conviction based upon hearing according to vines. Thayer says it's a conviction of the truth of anything. It is our belief. And so according to 2 Peter 1.5, let's go back there very quickly, 2 Peter 1.5, and then we'll go through the areas that we've talked about and pick up where we left off. 2 Peter 1.5, you'll see it says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So faith is the foundation, right? We looked at number two, why faith? Well, faith is a spiritual law. There's nothing you're going to get in the kingdom If you don't do it by faith, right? Everything in the kingdom operates by faith. It is a spiritual law. Does anyone remember the one rule that governs this law? Don't everyone answer that at one time. Does anyone remember the one rule that governs this law? Mm -mm. Now, don't everyone, again, I I know you all just don't want to show out today. Does anyone remember the one rule? See, this again will help us understand, right? Anyone remember the one rule? That's not it. See, not no one else will yell anything out. Now they're like, (laughs) I want to commend him. Can we give him a big round of applause? He threw something out there, right? The one rule is that you have to receive 
that he made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've got to see yourself that way. Don't let the devil condemn you. Don't let anyone take that away from you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. You don't have to work to achieve that. He worked to grace you with that. The one rule is you have to receive it. Somebody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right now. Do you believe that? Everything then by faith works for you because you see yourself the way he sees you. Satan wants you to see you based off of your mistakes. I mean, the blood has already covered all your mistakes. So you've got to be able to come in that throne room boldly like you're supposed to be there. You can't come in there timid. Right? All right. So now, so it's a law. Everything in the kingdom operates by that law. Why is faith so important? We talked about it should be our lifestyle. It's not a gimmick. It's not something we can turn on when we get in trouble. Right? It's a gimmick. It should be our lifestyle. We wake up by faith. We we go to work by faith. We drive by faith. We come home by faith. We go to bed by faith. We give by faith. We love our spouse by faith. We go on vacation by faith. Everything we do, we do by faith because it is a lifestyle, not something that we get up for on Sunday mornings. Then number four, it's how we overcome the world. So if the world is overcoming us, then how many you know that that's a challenge? That's a problem, right? Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, we're not talking about the physical world as we talked about last week. We're talking about this world system. You're not going to beat the world at its own game, right? So you can't live victorious by debt, Right? So so you've got to overcome that system by faith. Again, we can't go back through all of that again, but it's how we overcome the world. We left off talking about it's how you can't please God without it. So let's pick up from right here, and then we'll move on down the road. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We won't say everything that we said about it, but I want to just kind of highlight some things again. Hebrews chapter 11, without faith, we cannot please God. Verse 6 says, but without faith... It is impossible. It's not possible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who casually seek him. Who does he reward? Those that diligently, that that put effort into their pursuit of God. Now, that means he rewards those that diligently seek for things. Right? So if you think about what, what are most people out working three jobs for? They're diligently seeking stuff. You could probably work one job, diligently seek God, and he'll grow you up, mature you, bless you to the place where you'll make more on one job than you did in all three combined because you kept your priorities in order. Right? So, so then rewards then, notice that word must there is important. He that comes to God must. So this is not optional. You must believe that he is. We talked about that a little bit. Rewards increase you. That's what the word reward means, to increase. So they don't diminish you. If it came from God, then it should increase you. Right? Anything that came from God increases us. Never takes us backwards. It always takes us 
forward. So if we're going backwards, how many know God didn't send that to us? And that could be him, her, them, that, it, what. Hello, somebody. Right? If it's keeping me from honoring God, it did not come from God. Right? If I'm driving something that I can't give God 10 cents on a dollar, how many know he didn't bless me with that car? You can, you can post that car all you want to. You can do everything you want. That didn't come from God because it's keeping you from honoring God. Which means the thing has a greater priority than God in my life. All right? So rewards increase us. Now, there are two different Greek words for, for faith here. And it's so important that we understand this before I say anything else. The first Greek word there, but without faith, is the word pistis. And it means to be fully persuaded. It's conviction based off of truth. Now, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that's kind of a di- definition of Bible faith, okay? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Put that up on the screen for me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things what? All right? So we could almost say it this way. Faith then is the stuff for the stuff that we're hoping for. Or since faith comes by hearing, right, we can read it this way. Then the Word of God is the substance of what we're hoping for. The Word of God is the evidence of what we cannot see, right? This is how you walk by faith and not by sight. See, if I'm only, you'll see this in some examples today. If I'm only living by what I see, I'm not living by faith. Because what the Word of God said will always take precedence precedence over what my natural eyes can see, right? So faith then is the substance. That's the stuff that I need for everything that I'm hoping for. It is the evidence of what I cannot see, right? So then faith is founded upon the Word of God. So it's not Bible faith if I don't have chapter and verse that I'm standing on. Is everybody clear there? All right, so that's the first faith that he's talking about in verse 6. But then he says, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. That word believe there, a lot of times we think faith and believe, they mean the same thing or they're interchangeable. It literally means to have faith in with respect to a person or thing. It means to entrust or put all your trust in. Once you find out what the Word of God says about your situation, you put all your stock in it. There's nothing else on the table. There are no other options on the table. In other words, once I got married, there are no other options on the table. So if divorce is on the table, it can't, if it's not on the table, it can't really happen in my marriage. If it's not an option. If faith is the only option, then all we're going to do is what God said. Can you all see that? This is so important because a lot of times we're actually believing things that our behavior doesn't match. This is why I went back to this today. And and I want to drive this home because it's so simple, we can actually miss it. These, These are two different things. They're not interchangeable. We talked about last week, they're more different than male and female. Faith is actually acting on what you believe, right? I can believe all day long I want to lose weight. I can go out and buy a treadmill. Come on, somebody. I can buy all the books on losing weight. Somebody in here know what I'm talking about, right? I can do all of that. But it's my faith that's going to get me out of the bed and on that treadmill, right? 
I mean, I, I can read all the books I want to read, right? And, and it's nothing until I actually go out and act on what it is that I'm believing. Everybody still with me out there? We can go on and on and on. I'm believing God for a mate, but I'm dating someone that's not saved. Can you see how my faith now, my actions canceled out what I believe? I'm believing God to bless me supernaturally. Pay off all of my debts supernaturally. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. When's the last time you gave? <laughs> See how quiet it got in this Roman Catholic church? You all still with me out there? Now, again, I'm not saying, I'm just trying to help you understand. If those two don't agree, it cancels, one cancels out the other. Right? Sure did get quiet in here on that one right there. All right? So I want to say it this way, and then I'll move on, because if you miss this, you're going to miss everything. Believing is passive. Everybody can do that. Faith is active. Okay? I'm going to show you something here that's that's really profound. Go with me to James very quickly. It's not in your notes. Go to James chapter 2, and let's look at verse 18 and 19. I'm going to show you something. If all you do is believe, you really haven't done much. This is a profound text right here. When I read this, I said, wow. James 2, 18 and 19. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I believe. Then look what he goes on to say here. Show me your faith and I'll show you my faith by my works. Now, this is interesting in verse 19. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the devils believe that and tremble. But they still act like demons. I want you to see that. Did you see what he just said there? Demons believe that there's a God. But they still act like demons. things that make you go. I'm y'all glad you came this morning. All right, so I want you to see how easy it is to actually believe and live the direct opposite of what you believe. A person can believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, died, shed the blood. Watch this. They can believe that, sing, praise, and worship, play instruments, serve on ushers, be a deacon, and an alcoholic all at the same time. Lead a club on Saturday night, show up at church on Sunday morning like nothing never happened. Because it's not affecting what they believe in their own mind. If it's close to the truth, would just five people say amen? Amen. We're not talking about anyone in this room today. We, we, this is ammunition to help us minister to people. But yet we've seen this movie. Watch this. A pastor can preach an entire message. Message will be anointed. Church will be lit. And he'll go home with his mistress right after that service.
Now we can move on with the message today. <laughs> now that I have your attention. So I want you to see, believing and your faith are two different things. Right? If my action doesn't support what I believe, canceled out what I believe. All right. I have never really, I think I've been in ministry full-time now 24 years last month. And in 24 years, I've never seen the level of enthusiasm I'm witnessing in this building this morning. (laughs) Man, I've never seen people this excited about the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, and just, man, it it is just, it's blowing me away right now. Come on, can I just get five people to give God a little bit of glory in this place, right? So I want you to understand something. The world... It's not that they don't respect what we believe. They don't respect what we live. And that contradiction keeps millions of people away from church. But if you ask that same person, do they believe in God? Yes. Do you believe Jesus is the son of God? Yes. Would you come to church with me this weekend? No. You know why? Because the agreement is not there. All right, let's move on. Faith can be developed. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Faith can be developed. Faith can be developed. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Let me kind of give you the the translation here. What he's really saying is deal with the reality of your life right where it's at. Right? Accept the reality of your life right where it's at and know that I've given you enough faith to start from there and get wherever you need to be. Can you all see that? But if I'm acting like I'm somewhere that in reality my life is not, then how many know God can't work with that? Right? I've got to be realistic with where I'm at, who I am, and where my life is at. Right? And I've got to know what that looks like. So, so this tells us then the word measure here means degree, it means quantity, it means amount, or it means condition. So God has given every human being a degree, a quantity, and an amount of faith. We all start at the same level, right? So God's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. So we all start at the same level. This lets us know, though, that this measure can be increased. If it's a measure, then it can be increased. So then faith has to be measurable. So you've got to know then, where are you at in your development? Where are you in your development. You've got to know that. What does that look like? Where are you at in your development? Today, all of us use a GPS, right? Either Waze or Google Maps. How many of y'all use Waze or Google Maps? Everyone does. I know for me now, whether I know where I'm going or not, I just hit the thing because I want the route updated with all of this traffic in Atlanta. That, that satellite can see what I can't see and help me maneuver around some things. Right, so I hit it automatically as soon as I get in the car. Boom, hit the, my favorites. I usually, I'm um, same regular places every week. 
hit the favorites, boom, gets me where I need to go. So Waze, Google Maps, but how many know it cannot chart a course for you until it first knows where you're at? You can put an address in there all day long, but if you've lost the signal, it cannot chart a course for you until it first knows where you're at. Right? You've got to know where you're at. Where are you at in your development? And be honest with yourself. Be realistic about that. Right? Then if you look in your car, there's an odometer. Right? The odometer tells you how many miles you've driven, but more importantly, how many do you still have to go? Right? There's no sense in me believing God to get out of debt, and I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I need to get to, and I'm not tracking my route to see if I'm closing the gap. I'm just hoping somebody will give me a Holy Ghost handshake. I'm just hoping it's going to fall out the sky. Now, God can do it that way, but don't depend on that. So if I don't know where I'm at, if I don't know where I'm trying to get to, if I don't know how far I've progressed, what am I doing? I can answer that for you. I'm just going to church. I'm not living by faith. I'm going to church. Go with me to Matthew chapter 8. How many of y'all, the goal is to get out of debt? Now, now don't, just, don't just raise your hand because I asked the question. How many of y'all, the goal is to get out of debt? All right. Go with me to Matthew chapter 8. So, so we've got to know where, we're, where we are in our development. All of us do, okay? We've got to know where we're at in our development. Look at Matthew chapter 8. When you get there, say amen. Matthew chapter 8, let's begin reading at verse 10 or verse 5. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Uh, Jesus heals the centurion so- servant here. says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to all of those who followed him, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, no, not even in Israel. Well, now we see a person can have something called great faith. Great faith is the ability to believe the Word of God and nothing else. You don't need any other evidence than what God said about your situation. I mean, you can grow to that level, right? So we can be all over the map, right? Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 5. I want to show you two extremes. 1 Timothy chapter 5. In this context, it says in verse 8, but if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith. So notice, you can have great faith and you can deny the faith. Isn't that interesting? 
Where are you at in your development? Let's look at another one. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Paul here at the end of his life, he says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. What did he say here? I have kept the faith. So that means you can keep faith. Right? I want to show you another one. You can have little faith. You can have strong faith. You can have weak faith. You can be full of faith. Uh, Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1 since we're nearby. Look at verse 5. I thought this one was interesting. 1 Timothy chapter 1, let's look at verse 5. 1 Timothy 1, 5 says, Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. So that means faith can be sincere. If it can be sincere, it can also be insincere, right? Go with me to, or drop down to verse 20 or verse 19, well, verse 18 and then 19. This charge I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience which some have rejected concerning the faith and have suffered shipwreck. So how many know you can have shipwreck faith? Anybody ever shipwrecked something before? We all have. Come on, everybody be honest. We all have, right? And, And so that means I can be all over the map in my development. Do you know where you're at? And are you being honest with yourself, right? Again, I've been in church for 28 years. So I've had the chance to see a whole lot of stuff. And you'll notice that, that right around the time the word is getting ready to come, people just disappear. How I many you know those are people that are acting like they're at a level that they're really not at yet? And so what you do is over time, and I'll show you this in a moment, you learn to pay attention to who faith is working for and who faith is not working for. You love everyone but you only follow the people that it's working for. I'll show you this in a moment. And so we can be all over the map where our faith is concerned. Number seven, how do you know where you are as we come down the home stretch today? How do you know where you are? Okay, I want you to write this question down. How do you know where you are? Does anyone know where they're at right now before I say it? Anyone know where you're at right now? Can you... Do you know where you're at on your journey? Are you a person of great faith? Are you a person of, or is it different areas? You know, I can have it in one area and still working on it in other areas. That's probably most of us, right? Would everyone agree with that? Right? And so, where, how do you know where you are? Here's the best way. And I learned this from my pastor, Apostle Frederick Casey Price. I actually learned this 28 years ago. What can you believe for? Okay. I want you to hear what I didn't say. I didn't say, what can you believe God can do for you? I didn't say what you can believe God can do. I said, what can you believe for? Can you believe for $100? Can you believe for $1,000? Watch this. Can you believe for a spouse? You can. Can you believe to get your home paid off? 
See, the way to locate where you're at is what can you actually believe for, right? How do you know where you are? What can you believe for? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Now, I was sitting down. I was 22 years old, sitting in my grandmother's living room. Her favorite pastor at the time was Fred, Frederick K.C. Price. That show used to come on evidence, evidence. Do you have enough evidence? And I'm sitting there with my grandmother. And this particular Sunday, he's teaching on faith, family, and finances. I'll never forget this. Like 22 years old, fresh out of college, and I'm listening to this with my grandmother, right? I made a decision on that day off of this verse that he shared 28 years ago. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 13. Get it for me in the Message Bible as well. This is the New King James Version. It says, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you. Watch this. Whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Now, let's go back and read that real slow. Remember those who rule over you, who've spoken the word of God to you. Watch this. Whose faith follow. Notice it did not say follow what they said to you, what they taught you. What you do is you follow the principles that they taught you, that their conduct has manifested in their lives. Read it real slow. Whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. So if they don't manifest what they just shared with you, you shouldn't follow people like that. You didn't catch that. People will sit in churches for 20 years. Nothing happening. Nobody's manifesting anything. But I have relationships there. Forget those relationships. We can talk on the phone. I can go visit you after church, right? But my well-being is at stake here. All right, watch this. Put the Message Bible up there. I'm going to read verse 8 with the Message Bible. Hebrews chapter 13, 7 and 8. If you have it, put that up there. Okay, watch this. Verse 7 and 8. Appreciate your pastoral leaders. I heard this from Fred Price 28 years ago. Who gave you the word of God. Watch this. Take a good look at the way they live. Not a good look at how they teach. See, and a lot of times we're following information and not conduct. And let their faithfulness instruct you as well as their truthfulness. So if their conduct does not match what they share, that's not a place for you to be. There should be consistency that runs through us all. New King James Version says, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if Jesus didn't change, then that leader shouldn't change. All right, let's go real slow with this. So that means then faith can be followed. Right? Didn't Paul say it this way? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So faith can be followed. But watch this. You can't really know what it's produced unless the leader tells you. Right? Is that accurate? 
Okay, let's go another place before we do something. Go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, let's look at verse 18. So before I read that, I want you to listen to me. There's a principle in here. If you're married, don't hear this the wrong way, but only follow people who have the type of marriage that you desire. Don't go running around listening to people who have no fruit. And that amazes me as I watch people hang out with people with no results. I mean, I can love you, but I can't follow you. Right? I mean, I'm definitely not getting ready to go listen to somebody that it didn't work for. Am I looking down on that person? Not at all. I'm just not following them. Right? If you're listening to what I'm telling you, you can follow this principle financially. Right? If I want to be debt free, I'm not talking to somebody that's racked with debt. How do you mean? I'm definitely not following them. Right? You can follow this principle straight across every look. See, if I want to get in shape, first thing I'm doing is looking at you. Talk to me. It makes sense, doesn't it? Makes sense? Makes sense, right? And so if you're going to follow someone, make sure that the outcome of what they're sharing with you is true in their lives. Look at Mark chapter 5. Anybody getting anything out of this today? I ain't hanging out with, listen, I'm not following. Listen, if you're married, I love you. Don't talk to me about how to have one, a successful one, though. And it's amazing. You'll find people whose stuff is busted up try to keep you away from people whose stuff is right. Don't go talk to them. That's amazing to me. <laughs> it amazes me. Mark chapter 5. Let me get two good hallelujahs in here. Hallelujah. All right. So when he got into the boat, you all know after he uh, cast the demon out of the demon-possessed man in verse 18, When he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him, which that's normal if you just cast all these demons. Jesus, let me hang out. Let me stay with you. However, Jesus did not permit him, but he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and he began to proclaim in Decapolis, all that Jesus had done, and all marveled. So where am I going with this? You can't follow faith unless somebody shares with you what faith has produced in their lives. Right? Right here we have an example of Jesus telling someone to go tell the people what your faith produced. All right? Now, because I'm the pastor, I'm only sharing this with you just for perspective. Okay? I ran some numbers on yesterday Remember, we talked about how do you know where you're at, right? What can you believe for, all right? So I, you start off believing God for, for $5, right, $50, right, $100, right? And you work your way up, but you've got to locate yourself. What can you believe God for? I'm just using this as an example. So what I did was I took my average giving over a 28-year period from what I give today to where, what I started giving, and I averaged it right in the middle. 
course, this does not include a lot of stuff that we've given away. Like today, I'm putting in something in both services. I didn't write nothing on the envelopes. I do that every single week. So I'm not even talking all the 20s, 5s, 50s that I never even write anything on an envelope. I just, and I'm not doing this to brag. I'm trying to help you understand why God can trust me with millions today. It's the only reason I'm sharing this with you. Over that same time period, I've given over $600,000. Don't look at me. Don't say, oh, none of that. I'm just trying to show you why there's no problem believing for millions. And why a week doesn't go by without something miraculous happening financially. It always happens. Whether it's $100, uh, $11,000, whatever it is, $250, whatever it is, it always happens because we're always planting. So when you're talking about following faith, if you want to be successful financially, honor God with everything that he puts in your hands. See? Okay. Right? In marriage. Come on, folks. This is 20 years of marriage. You can sit there. You think what I'm getting ready to share with you, you don't believe it. You look, look, hold your breath on that. 20 years. I don't have a good marriage. I have a great marriage. I'm not saying that. Neither one of us will put on airs for nobody in this room. If it's not right, it's not right. I'm not telling you I have a good marriage. I'm telling you I have a great marriage. In 20 years, I can think of two times where we won at it. It never escalated to say both of them was on me. Uh, I received that as the leader of that situation. I received that. And, And neither one of them escalated in anything because the other one didn't participate. 20 years, folks. I can tell you how to have a good marriage. I can tell you how to prosper financially. I can tell you, debt, folks, if we have it, we don't owe nothing on it. There's not a debt nowhere out there. We can tell you how to get there. But who are you listening to? Who, who are you following? We can tell you that. I can tell you in a marriage, listen to me, man, I can tell you, you need to be the head of your household. If you're married, all right? The priest is the only one that handled the tithe. You cannot have your, this is a key, you cannot have your head in the sand and not know where nothing is, where the money is coming or where it's going. Listen to me, folks. My wife is sitting right there. If I ever found out, let's just say I don't know nothing. If I ever found out I put that in her trust and she wasn't giving, she wasn't tithing, that's going to be a major war in our house. That's going to be such a problem in our house. Listen to me, folks. I wouldn't even pay my kids tuition over over honoring God. I won't even take my family on a vacation over honoring God. But it's been that position which is why we paid our kids tuition in full when it's due every year. <laughs> it's why we go on three vacations a year. But, but listen, as the head of the household, the priest has to be the one to present. There are things I can tell you about that. I would tell you, man, to govern your house where only your money takes care of the household and anything the wife gives is just plus money. That's what I would tell you. If you, want, if you want 20 years of peace in your marriage, don't put no pressure on her financially. That's what I would tell you. That's what I would tell you. Why would she argue with me? What is she getting ready to fight with me about? 
and work's been optional for 20 years. We can go on and on and on. I'm not telling you any of that to show off. I'm telling you where you can get to. We started in an 800-square-foot home. You can listen to me. You, you, can put your, you can come in the front door, listen to me, and, and open up the back door, Johnny, and take t- five, eight steps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and be on the deck. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? But we were so happy in our little 800-square-foot home. Listen to me. When you get out of the bed, the bedroom was so small. What was it, eight by seven? The bedroom was so small. When you get out of the bed, this is how you have to go to the bathroom. You'd have to slide down the wall <laughs> in the bed to get to the bathroom. And that's side and front. So when you get around to the front of the bed, you got to turn sideways, go in the bathroom. From that to buying houses for people, giving away houses. Giving away cars. Where are you at? What can you believe for? Hmm? Today I can believe God for millions. How many know it started off with just $10? And you work your way from there. It's a lot of excitement in this building today. (laughs) Now, did, did God do that because he loves Joel Gregory? Not at all. God did that because he honored faith. He loves all of us the same. He doesn't love me more than anybody else in this room. But faith will work if you work it. Do you know where you're at? Right? I can tell you how to get out of debt. You want to hear it? Stop spending. See, you were looking for something deep, wasn't you? You're looking for sow a seed and watch now. See, we, folks, listen to me. Can I say that? Can I say that? If you notice, well, let's talk about how faith works. Let's close for the day. You all getting anything out of this today? All right? So if you've been saved 25 years, 20 years, I mean, you should have some fruit. You should have some real fruit in your life, right? A lot of it, right? There's a difference between going to church for 20 years and living by faith for 20 years. I don't know about you. I only want to go to church because I live by faith. You take the living by faith out, I don't want to be in church, right? That's a key nugget for the men in this room. If you're married... The priest is the only one. I haven't had a chance to teach that yet, so I'm just touching it. The priest is the only one that presents the giving. He's the only one that was ever allowed to handle that because it's holy. I want you to listen to me. What that would create in our home if she was handling the finances and I found out she wasn't doing, wasn't honoring God. Man, I can't begin. I can't. That would. That's, that, that would be that would be a problem. 
and vice versa, right? She should trust that I'm taking care of that. She shouldn't even have to think about it. That's what I love about her. She got blessed on, was that yesterday? She got blessed on yesterday. She came and sat down, right, opened it up, peeled it all off, handed it to me, right? She said, because you're going to make sure you honor God with that. Now, ladies, she kept what she wanted for herself. She got a lot of wisdom over there. She's like, But the reason we keep getting blessed is because we keep giving. So it never stops. All right. You glad you came today? Do you know where you're at on your journey? Right. Do you know how many miles you still need to go to get there? Are you tracking your progress? Are you closer today than you were last weekend? See how this works? I mean, we didn't just up and say we're going to get a building cash. Listen to me, folks. From the day this church opened up, I started putting away over 50% of its income. That was strategic. So, in other words, we never got 100%. We only received 50%. 50 automatically went up. Now, you can tithe consistently. That's the least we do. I don't tithe anymore. My percentage goes up every year. Because my pastor shared that faith with me. And when I got to his house, I said, it's working. <laughs> Man, listen. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> I said, it's working. <laughs> Looked in, man, listen. I said, it's working. What, what was it? Teach me that again. Share that with me again. And he told me that just that's the, your reasonable service. That's the least you could do. You've been saved too long. And that's all you're doing. You got to challenge yourself, stretch yourself, grow beyond that. Let's close. In conclusion, how does faith work? It works this way, folks. Number one, you've got to hear the word of God. Romans 10, 17, turn there very quickly. So then faith comes by what? And hearing by the what? Key word there is word. There are two Greek words for word. It's logos and it's rhema. Most people would read that and think that he's referring to the Logos there, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the written word of God. But the actual word there is rhema, which is spoken word. And you know the best person to hear faith from is out of your own mouth. So every time you read the word, read it out loud so that you can hear yourself saying it. And it'll build your faith forward. And begin to look at your heart like a garden. Almost look at the Word of God like planting a garden. And so I've got to plant the Word in my heart, right? I've got to water that Word by saying it out of my mouth. And I've got to have a lifestyle conducive for the seed of the Word that I planted in my heart to grow and be all that God said it was supposed to be in my life. Right? And see your life as this wonderful garden. And you can plant whatever seed you want to plant into your heart, speak it out of your mouth, and then watch God develop it throughout the course of your life because it's your lifestyle. Number two, after you hear the Word of God, you've got to do the Word of God. It's, it's really this simple, folks. I wish I could make it deep for you, but it's really this simple. I hear it, then I do it. Go to James chapter 1. Let's look at verses 22 through 25. 
James 1, 22 through 25, which before I read this, this is why, stand up for a minute. Now, now watch this. I want to show you something. Again, we've been doing this for years, right? I'm, I'm going to get in agreement with you. Come up, come up here. I'm going to get in agreement with you. Watch this. God's going to pay your house off. Now watch this. That's a word of the Lord on her. But God's not getting ready to pay her house off. She's got to take that word that she just heard, begin to act on it. Because all it was was a hearing of the word of God. Oh, it's the same principle. What most people will do, then they waiting on something to happen. Who is it coming from? They go into the mailbox, right? Right? A letter or something. God can do it that way. But how many times have we actually seen that happen? See, it's going to come by her response to that word that she heard, right? Go home, organize their house, right? Set their system up of getting out of debt, taking the extra that we get from paying this off, putting this on the house. Now she's giving God something to work with. Now God can come and put some super on her natural. But for years, we've been laying them out. Right? No real results. Still a word that I heard. Stand up for a minute, young lady. Stand up for a moment. Come up here for a moment. Lift your hands to the Father. God's going to bless you with a husband that's going to love you. Receive that. Receive that. He's going to love you like Christ loves the church. You can be seated. That's a word of the Lord for her. Watch this. Watch this. Faith comes by hearing. All she did is heard that. Now, I don't know if you're dating anybody right now, but see, I'd take that, and I'd go home, and then I'd begin to organize my life and prepare myself for what I believe is coming with no other options on the table, right? And if you walk by sight, you're going to look at everybody else that didn't get married. But if you walk by faith, he'll send them from Boogaloo, Texas. (laughs) You're like, send him from Boogaloo. I'll take him. She said, Boogaloo, come on. Come on up in here, Boogaloo. He said, she was like, Boogaloo, I'll take him from Boogaloo. My point is, if he has to create him, he has to honor her faith. But how I many know she can get ahead of God? She can go to a club. She can go out all kinds of different ways. Is he there? Is he there? Come on, somebody. And then her behavior will cancel out the word that she just heard. Anybody getting anything out of this today? I'm trying to make it as plain as I possibly can, right? So even when you hear a word, you still got to do that word. Me laying hands on you, not getting ready to change your life. Only thing it's getting ready to do is start the process of change in your life. James 1, 22 through 25. But be ye doers of the word and not what? Hearers only. What is that person doing? Deceiving their own selves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. 
for he observes himself, goes away immediately, 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 forgets what kind of man he was. See, that's someone who heard the word, refused to do it, immediately lost the word that they heard. Right? Immediately forgets what kind of man he was, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it, him not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Watch this. This man will be blessed by what he hears. Is that what it says? What is he blessed by? What he heard or what he did? What is he blessed by? All right. So she heard a word. The way to walk in the blessing of that word is to do it. She heard a word. The way to walk in the blessing of that word is to do that. I believe God's going to make Vincent Thomas one of the most successful ministers and pastors this age has ever seen. Stand up on your feet. This young man right here, he's going to be a world changer. I'm talking about a God is raising him up to make a difference. Listen to me when I'm telling you. This one right here. Look, look, look right at him. That's what God's raising him up to do. There's so much in him and on him. God's going to use him to bring dynamic change to the body of Christ in a good way that's going to edify, uplift, encourage. The body of Christ will never be the same again because what God's going to use him to do. That's a word of the Lord unto him. That's a rhema word to him. Now all he's got to do is live it. Keep studying. Keep treating his wife right. Keep living right. Hello, somebody. And he'll walk in the fullness of everything that he just heard. Last one for today. Well, let me say this about this mirror. When you look in the mirror in the morning... I mean, you know, I, I know you're looking at me and you're like, did he wake up like that? He just always looks. But I mean, you know, this is not what it looked like when I woke up this morning. Just like you are not what you look like when you woke up this morning. For some of us, it could be like two different people. Come on, am I right or wrong? I'm speaking for myself, man. I got to shave this, right? Oh, I, I got to work on this, right? I've got to add to the quality of the appearance that I want to present to the people. So when I wake up, it's, it's not what I want, but I've got to add to it. Stand up, Diane. Diane didn't wake up like this. Diane is a beautiful lady, right? Beautiful lady. Beautiful lady. At, at what age? 56. This is what 56 can look like over here. Come on, girl. Set a new standard in the earth. But watch this. Look, look at her hair. I can't even see a hair out of place right now. <laughs> Makeup is just solid. I mean, clothes, shoes. She thought about all of that. So she woke up and she said, I've got to add to my face. She went in the closet. She looked at her wardrobe. She said, I want to wear this today, but I need these accessories to add to my wardrobe. Amen. Right? Then she had to go and look at a pair of shoes that would finally just pull it all together before she even stepped out the house. Thank you, Diane. So if we know to do this in the natural, how much more do we need to get up 
so that we can actually go out and act like what we believe. Did you catch that? See, what she saw in the mirror when she first woke up is not what she looks like right now. But she made a decision that I want to add to this and go out and look better. That's how every day could be if you just get up, realize what you look like when you first wake up. Add something to it so you can actually go out and behave the way you believe. Last one, prove the word. We'll close right here. I'm done. Thank you, music department. Thank you. They help keep me on track with my time. Last one for the day, prove the word of God. James 1, 2 through 4, I'll only read one and we're done. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I need five people to just respond with some joy right there. Listen, folks, the only way you're going to actually know if you really believe it is you got to go through something. And every time you declare you believe something, it's going on trial. Especially when you begin to act like what you believe. And you can't take it personal. Says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various tests and trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its complete work so that you can be perfect and complete. And get to a place where you lack nothing. I'll say this right here. The process of proving the measure of faith you have, I know this sounds contradictory, but it involves tests and trials. You want, you want, to, pay, you want to pay cash? You want to pay a couple of million dollars for a building? Then get fired and lose everything that you ever had. And start off mobile. Come on and park a van in your driveway and load it and unload it every night in, in the wintertime. Come on, put all of this in your name and, and put hundreds of thousands of dollars in your name and guarantee it in your Social Security number. See, yeah, you yeah, see, yeah, you see. See, if I really believe that it, it's going on trial. You want to start a business? Oh, Okay. You want to get married? That marriage is going on trial. Watch this. In the dating process. And after you get married. Anybody here married willing to be honest about that? If you don't have the right information and stay in faith, then how many of y'all know the marriage can suffer under trial? You didn't realize that it was just what you believed that the devil was coming after, not the two of you. You got to be smarter than that and say, hey, baby, let's get the devil out of this. Let's me and you get on the same page and agree with God, and let's get on over to the victory that he's already provided for. See, two people fighting each other are letting the devil win. All right. So can you display pure joy through the trial that you're going through right now? Because it's an indication of what you actually believe. Pure joy, too. I'm talking about broke, uh, everything falling apart, and I'm happy as I don't know what. I'm talking about smiling, jumping, having a get-together at my house today. And it's, I got a foreclosure letter. Come on over, and I want you all to be here and watch God stop this foreclosure. 
I hope. I'm praying. <laughs> but you all understand my point. Even if I lose it, I know I get it back. Because it wasn't on God, it was on me. Hello, somebody. And once I line back up, then everything else lines back up. And works out the way God already intended for it to work out. I believe I'm in the room with some debt-free, supernatural, divine health. Come on, somebody. Wherever you want to be, you can get there by faith. Just, just accept where you are, chart your course, and then get there. I love something I heard R.W. Sandbach say. Stand up to your feet. He said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Man, that just, I heard that 28 years ago at Rod Parsley's church visiting with my mother. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. I speak a word to you right now. You will be supernaturally debt-free. That's just a word until you go act on that and chart your course. Hallelujah. If there's any sickness or disease in this room right now, it's cursed at its root. And it begins to dissipate, dry up, and it's being driven out of your body right now. That's a word for you. Go ahead and receive that. That's a word for you. And then conduct yourself accordingly. There's a marriage in here that's having problems. Let me tell you, you're not having problems in your marriage. It's really your personal relationship with God. Get to personal relationship with God right on both sides. Focus more on your relationship with God than what's going on between the two of you, and God will give you the answers about your marriage. The marriage is already solved. It's already fixed. God is calling you higher and calling you closer to him. Tighten that up, and everything else will fix itself. That's a word for somebody's marriage in here today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's another word in my spirit for somebody believing God to get debt free. What I heard him say is put all your credit cards in a drawer and don't take them out the house anymore. Because that's your challenge. When, as long as they're with you, you keep using them. Now, how do you know that's a word? But you're going to be challenged by that word. Right? Because for some people, that's the only way they can buy stuff. You got to get to a place where, you know what, if I can't spend cash for it, I'm just not hungry. I'm fasting today. When you get there, folks, then God will work with you because you left the, the card at home. Somebody will bless you on the job with your lunch. It just always works that way. Did you all get anything out of this today? Come on, there's, there's a word in my, my spirit for a single person in here. The one you're dating right now is not, it's, that's not it. And you know that. And so what you're trying to do is stay with that until the right one shows up. What the Lord is showing me is, is actually that that's clogging up what he wants to send you. You know it. God said, he spoke it to you many a times. That's not, get out of the situation. That's a word of the Lord. Now you've got to act on that. Hallelujah. You see yourself being debt free? You see yourself being married? Do you see that? Can you thank God like it's already so? Can you just put a smile on your face? Come on, can you go ahead and thank God right now like you're already debt free? Come on, just thank Him right now. Like, you got to act like it before you can really act like it. Hallelujah. 
Come on, anybody healing hit your body? Come on, anybody, you just got a revelation of what had already happened? Anybody can tell a difference in their body right now? Trying to show you how this works, folks. You're not trying to get God to do something. You need to respond to what you believe he's already done. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. 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 There's somebody in here looking for better employment. This is just what I'm hearing. That's been the the problem. You've actually been looking for better employment. Accept the fact that better employment has been looking for you. And walk in it. That might go over your head. Might take you a minute to even catch, even process that. You've been out looking for better employment. Switch it. Better employment has actually been looking for you. Hallelujah. 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 The more you grow in this, the more you'll be able to see that. Man, I just, I didn't got full up here. Glory to God. Church, we need $6 million. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there in the atmosphere. We already have it. Come on, five people, just get in faith with me about that. We already have it. See, I know you heard big number. That's like $6 to God. If you're in this building today, listen, respond to God. Just respond to Him. Nothing else. Just respond to Him. If you've never made Him the Lord of your life, do that today. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, respond to that today. Don't put that off to tomorrow, next week.